busted, disgusted, and can't be trusted. Come on now. But because of his mercy. Come on, but, but by the grace of God. Oh, but by the power of God. It broke the chains and set me free and filled me with his Holy Spirit and put me in a ministry of spiritual warriors and green berets hallelujah some men of God that weren't afraid to pull the sword and there he was and he was given the vision and given the plan and he said God's called us and he wants to use us I was crazy enough to believe it <laughs> thank God I don't know, it's because I smoked, oh, half my brain cells were gone. Come on, somebody. Or God just made me crazy. I, I think God made us a little crazy. We had, that's why I said, God said, yeah, them. He said, God wants to use us. There's room for you in this ministry. Those are the things that were grabbing me. There's room for you in this ministry. Let's say that one more time. Somebody needs to hear that. There's room for you in this ministry. We need more leaders. We need more preachers. We need more goers. We need more, we need more arrows, man, that we could. And we need more pillars. We need more home directors. We need more life group leaders. We need more tithers. We need more armor bearers. We need more kids gang leaders, youth pastors and gang leaders. We need staff in the home. We need staff in the UTCs. Listen, there's room for you in this ministry. Man, and I just, I felt like that night, I just opened my heart and I felt like the, the, the vision of our ministry, I felt like I was arrested that night. Arrested by the vision. I remember shaking in the presence of the Lord. Why am I taking time to say this to you guys? Because I believe that it's nights like tonight. Yes. It's season. It, 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 it's, it's those Kairos times, huh? That that if you're if you're if you're if he who has ear to hear what the Spirit is saying, man, if you can hear it, man, because if you hear it, you can believe it, and if you believe it, then you can see it. Hear it? Can you hear it? Come on, somebody, can you hear it tonight? The Spirit's calling. And all this time on the crusade, all this, all the journey, those of you that are from, from this beautiful church right here, listen, this is the timing of God for us. It's the timing of God. That's why I'm excited to start this church. I know you guys are standing. It's all right. I'm going to be standing for a little bit too. I'm excited to start this church because it's been eight years man and remember we tag teamed at the west coast remember Esteban was going out and I was coming in we high fived each other that's when he left the west coast to come be the pastor here uh, how many of you guys love your pastor you guys love your pastor right here and we lived together there for a couple months we lived together there for a couple months and then he came to pastor here and I went into the UTC that was that was uh, over eight years ago my bro <laughs> eight years ago and, um, and then now, you know, here we are today, and I'm excited, and I'm saying that to say this, that sometimes I believe there's a part of you that gets tempted, gets worried, gets doubtful, gets skeptical, 
then there's another part of you that says, but maybe God can. Maybe God will. Right? You almost want to get excited. You don't want to get too excited. You're like trying to be cool. Listen, this is not the time to be cool, my friend. This is the time, man, to receive it. This is the time to believe it. I'm telling you that I'm walking on promises God gave me 20 years ago. I'm I'm walking it out. I'm telling you that we serve a promise-keeping God. He's a promise-keeper. I'm walking on it. Honey, walking on it. Who wants to do that with the Lord? Can I say one more thing before we open up tonight? Uh, can I say one more thing? I remember fresh out the home, come on, sitting right there on the little couch at the D home, the youth home. Come on. And I remember everybody went to work, but I didn't have no job yet, so I was just there. <laughs> reading, praying. My prayer life wasn't very deep at the time. It was, Lord, I pray for shadow and largo and sleepy and wicked and lazy and... Huh? And touch my mind, Lord, right here, bro. Touch my mind, Lord. But I right there in that, in that living room and that morning just opening up my Bible, just trying to, you know, do what I was taught to do. Like a little worry set in real quick. I thought, wow, what am I... What am I going to do for the rest of my life? Am I just going to play a harp? Like, am I an angel now? What's going on over here? I don't... What, what, am I going to just be a church boy now? Am I just, what, what, what's the deal now? Wait, am I going to wear suits all the time now? What's ha- what am I going to do with my life? Now am I just going to go to church and that's it? That's what my life is going to be about? And right there, man, God spoke to me and God gave me a promise. He gave me Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge me and I'll direct your steps. Now I know that's a simple promise and possibly you've heard that verse before. I don't know. There's a chance. Three, five in it. That's the rebuke scripture now. But for me, that was a promise. Because I was like, I don't know what am I going to do. And you know, God told me, I, I felt like the Lord, like, like a loving father, man felt the hand of God, man, just rest on my, just coming with a peace and an assurance. Tell me, son, don't worry. He said, listen, you do your part and I'll do mine. He, He said, this is your part, your part. Trust me with all your heart. Right? Trust me. Because there's going to be times it's hard to trust. There's going to be time you could be looking at people sideways, your leader sideways. I don't know. I saw you take that extra cookie. I, how can I, tr- I can't trust you with the cookies. How can I trust you with my life? Yeah. You're going to want to look at someone sideways. You're not just trusting them. You're trusting God through them. And God says, listen, trust me, man. You know, trust me right in 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 the good times and the bad you're gonna have to trust me trust me with all your heart easier said than done it's big 
takes years to really learn this and you think you learn it you haven't learned it he says you gotta you gotta learn this is your part you gotta learn how to trust me with all your heart and then don't lean on your own understanding you have your way of seeing it, doing it, un- interpreting it. You, you, got, you got your way, but I got my way. And when the choice is there, which one are you going to lean on? Don't lean on your way. You got to lean on my way. You got to let go. You got to let go. He said, trust me with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, acknowledge me. In other words... Every part of our life, everywhere we go, everything we do, we, we should always be acknowledging Jesus. There should not be areas of our hearts, our lives that he is not acknowledged in. We can't have circles of friends that, oh, now that, oh, I praise the Lord when I'm with everybody at church, but I'm with all my cousins. But when I'm with my cousins, you got to always represent Jesus. Always make it clear. Always represent from the gate. My brothers, especially if she's pretty. Come on, somebody. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Even before you say your name, Jesus, man of God. Yeah, get it out there. Just put that out there right there. Every area of your life, acknowledge me. Walk with me. Represent for me. He says, if you do your part, then I'm going to do my part. His part is so much better than my part. Because his part, he says, if you trust me with all your heart, if you lean not on your own understanding and of all your ways you acknowledge me, then I'll direct your steps. Oh, somebody needs to grab that. Some of you worry. I'd say, what's going to happen to me? How's my life going to turn out? Yeah, you guys are good, but what about me? And God says, listen. Do your part, and I'll do my part. And here's the God of the universe, man. There's nothing too hard for God. Oh, man, there's nothing. But I got court issues. Man, there's nothing too hard for God. I don't think she'll ever take me. There's nothing too hard for God. Oh, but I'm a twisted individual. There's nothing too hard for God. nothing and here he is the king of kings the lord of lord man the god of the universe the creator of all things the beginning and the end the alpha and the omega the soon and coming king hallelujah the one that is was and is to come and here he is telling us telling us simple people like you and me bro that all we could do is just clap our simple hands and sing our simple songs and here he is telling us listen I'll direct your steps you you don't got to worry about it I already got it God's got it brother just grab it and go for the ride in other words he said just hold on just come on and I felt that day in the living room, I felt like the hand of God coming in and saying, come on, I got you. Listen, just trust me. Just hold on. Don't let go, man. Do your part. And if you do your part, I'm going to do mine. Woo! Hey, hey, hey. Come on, somebody. 
Close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight. And Master, we plead the blood of Jesus in this place. We plead the blood of Jesus upon our minds and our hearts. And Lord, I pray that you remove any and all distraction from our, from our minds and our hearts. Remove any and all distractions from this place Come, the person to our left and to our right, in front of us and behind us. Lord, let us tune in and lock in with what you're doing. Bring understanding where we need understanding. Clarity where we need clarity. We want what you want, Jesus. Lord, it's going to be, there's been a lot of evangelism. There's a lot of serving and working and doing. But right now, we want to hear from you. So we just slow down on everything else. And we tune in right now to what you're saying to us. And thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for Pastor Esteban and Sister Chella. Thank you for Victory Outreach Heart of the Bay. For the doors that are open here. Thank you for the crusade leaders, Lord, that are leading this great group of people. We just want to be where you want us to be, Jesus. We pray that you have your way. I pray you use my life. Be with us here tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can take your Bibles and open them to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And we'll read that and then you could be seated after we, after we read that together. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. As you turn there, uh, I, you know, of course, I want to thank God for my salvation. I want to be very grateful for Pastor Sonny, Sister Julie, all the great leadership that have been, has been in my life throughout the years. I'm a very grateful person today. And as we turn there to Corinthians, or let's go ahead and read it together, and then, and then I'll, we'll get into this. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, let's start in verse 14. He says, I do not write these things to shame you, but... As my beloved children, I warn you, for though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. And for this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. Amen. God bless his word. You may be seated. The title of my message tonight is For This Reason. For This Reason. Now, you know, when we read this passage in Corinthians, it's important to understand that, you know, we're hearing, we're hearing from the Apostle Paul. Now, we hear that name. I'm sure you've heard it several times. Uh, the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul. And, and it's important that we, we stop for a second to really understand the office and, and, and the anointing that this man was moving in. You know, the Apostle Paul, he was a man that experienced a radical conversion. And then God put an apostolic calling on his life, meaning that he was called to start churches. He was called to start works. He was a, an evangelist and a pastor and a pastor of multiple churches. He was an apostolic, an apostle. And here's the Apostle Paul moving in his gifts and he's going uh, from city to city. He would travel as the Lord would lead him. 
he would begin to evangelize and make disciples. He would go into their synagogues and he would just start talking about Jesus. Imagine that, just, you know, striking up conversations. And he would get up there, man, but, but he was bold and he's somebody that, that knew what he was talking about. He's somebody that knew what it was like to be on the outs, kind of like a victory outreach person. And that's why when a victory outreach person starts talking about Jesus, there's something powerful about it because the anointing of God kicks in and there's a confidence that kicks in because we know where we were and we know where we are now. So it's like, you know, nobody can't tell us nothing. The devil can't tell us because we already know we're redeemed. We've been set free. So there's like an extra boldness, an extra confidence. It just hits people. They look at us like, dang. And here was the Apostle Paul, and he's in the synagogues, and he's talking about Jesus, and people are getting saved. Lives are being changed. So much so that believers start to gather, and, and then day in and day out, believers start to gather around them, and, and they, they, they go home, and they tell their primos, they say, hey, you got to come to the synagogue, man. There's this guy over there, and he's talking about Jesus, and I don't know what it is about him, but when he talks, I want to listen. And then not only do I, it makes me want to listen, but there's something about the words as I hear them. It starts to impact my heart and starts to impact my life. So then people started to gather. Christians were being born right there. Right? The Bible says that we become new creations. Right? We're new. The old, they were becoming alive in Christ. Accepting the message, accepting the good news of the gospel. Disciples were being birthed there. And then he would spend time there with them. He would work with them and minister to them. And then as leadership would rise up, as men would start to rise up, and the call of God would be upon certain men, and they would take their place, and he would leave leadership in place, and he would go on to the next one. And then as churches begin to be established, you know, sometimes Paul would be getting locked up, and then he was right there in Torcido writing letters. For those of you guys that don't know what torcido, that's Greek for prison. And he was right there in prison, writing letras right there, spraying Hugo Boss. Send it to the churches. So when you see, when you see here what we're reading in Corinthians, and then you see Philippians and Ephesians and Romans, these are what's called the epistles. The epistles of Paul, this is, a, this is the part of the Bible that are all letters that the apostle Paul wrote to all the churches. And he would hear a word, hey, how are they doing in Corinth? How, how are they doing in Ephesus? How are they doing in Rome? How are they doing in Philippi? And they'd say, oh man, Philippi, they're, they're going through this and they're going through that. And they're arguing over this because they're a bunch of baby Christians. And he'd say, man, why are they arguing about, why are they doing, man, he'll start writing. And some of you vatos need to get it together and, you know. What's the matter with you? I taught you better than that. Yeah, imagine they get the letter from Paul. They go up there. How you guys doing this morning? <laughs> well, we got another letter from Paul. Amen. Praise the Lord. Brace yourselves. So here, here you know, I'm, I'm just giving you guys a little background because I want you guys to really catch what's, what's going on right here. And here's the Apostle Paul now, and he's writing this, he's writing this letter uh, to the people in Corinth. And look at what he tells them. And if you listen close to the words, you know what you're going to hear in those words? You're going to hear parental care. It's parental care. I don't know how many parents 
we got in the house, but you're looking at somebody right now that never pictured himself married. I was one of the most irresponsible brothers you would ever meet in your life. I said, man, I can't imagine myself married. I sure can't imagine myself with kids, poor kids. But here I is. Married 17 years, four kids, come on. By the grace of God. So I know when I'm hearing Paul, I'm hearing that, I'm hearing that father, that spiritual father. And what did he tell them here? He says, listen, I, I, I don't write these things to shame you. That wasn't his reason. See, the, remember the title of my message tonight is For This Reason. And he says, listen, I'm not writing this and I'm not saying this because I want to shame you. Because I want to put you down. Because I want to make you feel like you're not good enough. Just because I want to feel like I'm the leader and I'm the one who has the answers. No, that's not why I'm doing this. I'm not writing this to shame you. But as my beloved children, I warn you. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, you do not have many fathers. He said, in other words, look, there's a lot of places you can learn. You know, you can go to YouTube and hear messages. Man, we got some good messages. I'm on a good one right now. I'm on, I'm on a three-message minimum right now. You know what I'm saying? For real, I'm trying to hear like three messages a day. It just started a couple weeks ago. I just went on a trip one morning, and I said, I like that. I'm going to do it again tomorrow. I'm going to do it again the next day. Sometimes I fall short, and I squeeze two, but I try for three. I want to hear three. So I go to YouTube. I'm hearing messages. You can go to Amazon. Did you know that Amazon got all kinds of books? You, you could get even used ones, man, just for a couple bucks. You, there's books you could read. There's messages you could listen to. There's seminars you could go there. And Paul say, listen, yeah, yeah, I know there's a lot of things you could do. Go ahead and learn. Go ahead and get your read on. Go ahead and get your message on. Go ahead and get your learn on. But don't forget who your daddy is. You know, and I love this passage of scripture. I love this because I'm somebody that have, I've always prided myself on being a Timothy. You know, I, I, you know, when I got started in the gang, man, Pastor Tim Argonzoni was, was our gang leader. And man, we were, huh, right? So we, man, we were right there with Pastor Tim. I was like, oh my, you know, and if you've ever been around Pastor Tim, you know, he's just got like something that makes you want to take the world with them, right? And I was like, and I remember I used to think, well, I'm not one of those La Puente guys, like the Mama Church guys. I used to call them the La Puente guys, you know. God didn't see fit to put me over there, but I'm going to serve him from over here. And when I would see Pastor Tim, I'd be like, hey. <laughs> And I, like, I, you know, all I was going, like, but I was saying a whole lot with that, you know. I was like, and I love you, Pastor. I'll do anything for you. <laughs> but all he saw was. But man, I was a Timothy, man, with my pastor, my spiritual father, Pastor Augie from Eagle Rock. Man, I love my pastor, man. And I, I was trying to catch what, what he wanted. I, I heard what he wanted. I was, how can I make that happen? And, and that's what made me become a discipler because I, I heard my pastor's vision. I said, oh, man, this is what he wants to do. Well, well how are we going to do it? Come on, guys, you better get together. Get Start praying. Get ready. Go to the training center. We got to build this church. A Timothy. But then as years went by, I become a Paul. And I love this passage of scripture as a Timothy. I love this passage of scripture as a Paul. And I love this passage of scripture as a victory outreach man. And I'll tell you why. Because this passage of scripture right here, it lays a biblical foundation for spiritual lineage. 
Now, there's some people that, you know, you know, people love us or hate us, man. We are who we are. And we ain't going to change for you. So stop. It's better for you to just, you know, kick rocks. Come on, somebody. I'm serious because we're not going to change for you. Well, I just don't feel right. Well, guess what? We don't care what you think. I'm sorry. And let me tell you why. Because you know what? It's, it's fine for somebody to have an opinion. But listen, I'm reading the Bible. And I'm hearing Paul. And he's telling them, listen, you got a lot of people you can learn from. That's fine. He goes, but don't forget who your father is. And then he went a step further. And he says, I begot you in the gospel. I begot you in the gospel. That word begot, that's a heavy, that's a heavy phrase, I begot you in the gospel. Because that same word begot is the same word that you see in all those Old Testament chapters that you never read. Because they're the ones that say, so-and-so begot so-and-so, who begot so-and-so, who begot so-and-so, who begot so-and-so. There was a whole lot of begotten going on. <laughs> Halfway through, I was like, okay, I be getting it. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Oh, that's all those genealogies. Here's this guy's son. Who is this guy's son? Because that word begot means to give birth. And so look at, the, look at the word choice that Paul uses here. He says, that's fine. Go ahead and learn. That's fine. Go ahead and grow. But don't forget who your father is. I begot you in the gospel. That's what he said. And then he goes in verse 16. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. Walk like me. Talk like me, pray like me, give like me, be faithful like me, love souls like me, press in like me, have a heart for the world like me. That way he says, I urge you, man, I, I, when I hear that, I urge you, I, I imagine him like, you know, wanting to grab somebody by the collar and say, hey, listen. How many of some of us, we need to be grabbed by the collar. A lot of us didn't grow up with dad in the house, so we don't know what it's like to get grabbed by the call. That's why when and every time authority steps in your life, you're like, you got a problem because you don't know what it's like to have dad right there saying, hey, 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 nah, 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 nah. Right? Don't talk to your mom like that. When dad is in the house, it creates a culture. Huh? It, 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 it just creates a vibe. That's why some kids are like, you know, when dad's there, you know, they, there's things they'll, they'll do and won't do when dad's there or not. Like, Hello? Mom, is dad here? No, he hasn't come home from work. All right, everybody, come on in, everybody. Yeah! Woo! Yeah, woo! It's like, oh, when dad's there. <laughs> dad, listen. Paul is establishing himself as a spiritual father. Let me tell you something. I hope you catch this tonight. Because we're in danger as, as the church, especially as the church in America, of losing this. That spiritual lineage, man, that spiritual father. That's why we honor that, man. That's why we are grateful for Papa Sonny and Mama Julie. And yeah, you, you know, and if you're new to Victory Outreach, you hear it a lot. You're like, oh, man, and, oh, there's their picture again. Oh, there they are again. <laughs> Hello, somebody. 
And sometimes some people aren't used to that because they're not, they come from churches or from, from places that they're not used to that type of honor. But here in the house, we honor mom and dad. I said we honor mom and dad. We honor that spiritual lineage. Listen, there's some ministries and some denominations that do not have the spiritual lineage that we have been blessed to have. So we got to honor that. We got to honor that. And Paul was telling them, hey, listen, man, I begot you and I urge you. I'm urging you, imitate me. For this reason, I have sent Timothy, who is my faithful assistant. Who is my co-laborer? No, he said, who is my beloved son? My son. Again, we hear that, parental. I'm going to send to you my son, Timothy, who, who will remind you of my ways in Christ. When you hear that phrase, remind you of my ways in Christ, that presupposes that there are other ways. It says, listen, there's other people, maybe they do it like that, or this one, they do it like that, but I'm not their dad. I've had to say that a few times. But dad, but my friends are school, and everybody's going. Well, I ain't their dad. And no, you can't. And no, you won't. But I'm responsible for you. God has given me charge over you. And I don't say this to shame you. I don't say this to belittle you. I don't say this to scare you. I don't say this to lord over you. I say this, man, because I want the best for you. I want, do you know what my reason is? My reason is I want you to make it. I want you to be successful. I want you to do everything that God has called you to do. I don't want the devil to lie to you. I don't want you to trip and get stuck. I don't want you to get depressed and confused. I don't want you to get caught up in sin. I want you to go all the way for God. I want you to carry out this vision I want you to help me grow this church we got a lot of work to do I thank God for the spiritual fathers I thank God that my pastor loved me enough to slap me come on somebody well he didn't slap me but you know what I'm talking about felt like a slap in my heart Ooh. Ooh. everybody got corrected or rebuked like that then you have that fake smile like you're trying to look like you're not hurt you're like <laughs> hey what's up bro you good no, I'm good I'm good yeah that's no, cool now let's go let's go come on <laughs> I remember I tried to tell my son my oldest son I told him I'm just dealing with him on some areas, you know, he's 14 going on 25 and, you know, he's got a little, his little chain. He's like, Sorry. you know, so oh, I recognize you. <laughs> I used to be you. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and I had to remind him, man, because I was dealing with him a lot, and I, you know, and I, could, I seen him kind of getting bitter. I seen him kind of misunderstanding my love, you know. And I, t I had to remind him, man, and we were both, like, kind of broken. I told him, hey, let me tell you something. I'm Team Nehemiah. That's my son's name. I'm a Nehemiah fan. It would be hard for you to find someone that's a bigger fan of you than me. 
But you got to understand my role in your life. You know, you got to understand my role. And, and I'm, I'm taking time to labor a point because you know what I want to talk to you about tonight? I want to talk to you about discipleship. Because if we lose our grip on discipleship, we're done. We're done. And we'll be left with just trying to pack out the church all the time. Let's do another event. Let's do another. Oh, my God, there's got to be a way. Listen, great services are not going to change the world. Disciples are going to change the world, man. Listen, Holy Ghost Thursdays are not going to change the world. Holy Ghost people will change the world. Church services aren't going to change the world. It's going to be the people of God that change the world. That's why we got to get disciples, man. We got to get under our Father. So when, when we talk about discipleship, you hear the Apostle Paul and how he's speaking right here. You hear parental care. You see that when he speaks to the churches. You hear it when he talks about Timothy. Discipleship. He was pouring in. He was, he was, giving, it to, he was giving it to them. Listen, if you, if you, you probably have heard about discipleship before and the word disciple, what it means. It means a student, right? If you didn't know that, now you know. A student, or some people will say a learner. You, you even could find the word pupil when you start studying. You see student, pupil, learner. And then there's even another word. I feel it's a, even a better word. It's apprentice. Because let me tell you something. God gave me this. Discipleship is not just learning. It's learning from someone. Discipleship is not just learning. It's learning from someone. Huh? It's being clo that close. Huh? I think, I think sometimes because of our issues and our complexes and the way we grew up and we sometimes we don't know how to receive love. We're like, no, well, get off me. <laughs> I remember when I first got saved, the first night I went to the church. You guys remember that night? Yeah. All awkward. I couldn't even talk. It's like, yeah, nah, yeah, nah. Serio? Nah. What? Nah. What? Uh. <laughs> and then everybody sounds so clear and educated and, hey, how are you? Hey, pray, pray, bless God. All right. I'm like, nah, yeah, nah. Serio. <laughs> and then don't try to make me laugh because I got cavities in my teeth. I got a smile like this. Hey, what's up, bro? <laughs> Eli remembers. <laughs> a smile had to go. I'll never forget that night, and I remember feeling, you know, grown man hugging on me. I'm, you know, I'd get stiff. I didn't know how to fill a mustache on my neck. I wanted to sock somebody. I was like, bro, get off. You're too close. Too close. <laughs> but there's something about, there's something about, there's something about working close to somebody. See, then we got the, the devil working overtime. Lying to us, trying to sow seeds of division. They don't care about you. What are you don't worry about? The devil's always lying, always lying, always fault finding. Listen, we can't get stuck in the devil's pattern. I like what, what, what Pastor Ryan said at the gang convention. He says, man, we got, we, when we work with people, we can't just be looking for dirt. We got to look for the treasure. 
We got too many so-called leaders and so-called disciples that all they're doing is looking for dirt. Oh, look at that thing right there. Oh, look at you. There you go. You said this wrong. You did that wrong. Is there anything I did right? Be careful, staff. Be careful, directors. Be careful, Pauls. That we're not just fault finding all the time. That's not discipleship. Just pointing out where we're wrong. We got to start to look for areas that we're good. And that's been, I was reading a book on success and they said that we are just prone to look at the negative. And they said, here's proof. Your kid comes home with a report card. There, dad, here's my report card. All right. B, C, B, A, A, F. You got an F in math? F, yeah, but I got, no, 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 F. No, 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 no. F in math, no. Babe, go, get the money out. Go buy, go buy math books. We're going to have math for breakfast, math for lunch, math for dinner. Huh? Okay, did you add that up, son? That adds up to trouble. That's math, baby. It's going to be math in the morning, math in the noon time. Oh, we all about math right now. Tell me I'm lying. We have the tendency to focus on where we're short instead of focusing on where we're strong. Right? And this is why, why is that important? Because listen, we got to be conscious that the enemy, the Bible says he's roaming around like a roaring lion, seeking who he can devour. Listen, we got to remember that God wants the best for us and we got to trust that the people that he's put in our lives, he's going to use them as tools And the people that God has put in our lives to care after. We got to love them. Amen. Paul said, for this reason. For this reason. I want you to turn with me to 2 Timothy. We're going to read another verse right here. 2 Timothy. You guys all right? 2 Timothy chapter 1. We're going to start reading uh, 2 Timothy 1, starting in verse 5. He says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Huh? He said, for this reason, verse 6, for this reason, I remind you, because Paul saw the potential in Timothy, because Paul knew that God had called Timothy, because Paul knew that God had great things in store for Timothy, because Paul knew that he was going to need Timothy. Listen, we need you, beloved. The church needs you. Your pastor needs you. The Lord is looking to us. God has chosen us. And Paul said, for this reason, he said, Timothy, I know God's called you. I know you love him. I know you had a calling. I know there's been prophecy spoken over your life. I heard someone say, a friend is someone that knows the song of your heart and sings it back when you forget how it goes. This was, this, this was his reason. Listen, we got to get a love for one another. 
We need to really start to pray. Leaders, start to pray that God give you love for God's people. We need a love for one another. I said we need a love for one another. We got to really love it. It's easy to look at somebody and say, I'm sure. Mm, look at that. Mm, 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 mm. And that's the brothers. Acting all like a bunch of shy shots. Come on, somebody. Man, I don't know. Look at him, man. And they told me, look, bro, can you believe it? Oh. A friend is someone that knows the song of your heart and sings it back when you forget how it goes. That's what Paul was trying to be to Timothy. He said, Timothy, for this reason, Timothy, I remind you. Huh? That's his reason. What's your reason? You got your reason? I believe this, that every single one of us, we need to start as Timothys. You got to start as Timothy. Someone that's going to learn. Some of us, we've been serving God and coming to church for a long time, but we haven't seen the breakthrough and the growth that we want to see because we haven't surrendered and submitted ourselves to a Paul. And God honors, God honors this. This is an honor thing. And when you submit yourself, when I submitted myself under Pastor Augie, Pastor Augie, he's an awesome man. I believe he's one of the greats. I believe they don't make men like that no more. Come on. I really, truly believe that. He's one of the great men of God. He's an elder in our ministry. That's how I see him. But that don't mean he was always easy to serve under. I'm going to be careful because the son's right there. I know he's looking at me right now. <laughs> he's I just sent that to him. Thanks. But coming under Pastor Augie was not, was not conditional upon how I felt he deserved it. It, it, it could not be dependent upon if he had a good week or not. If I felt he was speaking to me right or not. If he was noticing my giftedness or anointedness. Because I remember one time we walked into a meeting in La Puente. He said, go with me. Went to the mother church. I was. I felt all important too. Like, like I was going with all the Pauls. Oh, is this where all the Pauls go? Yeah, thank you. I guess I've graduated. Hallelujah. I'll be with all the Pauls. Doing Paul stuff. <laughs> then he turned around, he took his keys out of his pocket, and he threw them across the room. He said, hey, go get my briefcase. I was like, huh. I just saw all the other pastors look at me like that. They're like, <laughs> I was like, man. But that doesn't, that, listen, what am I saying? I'm saying don't get hurt. Don't get hurt where people, Paul's are people. Dad's. How many of you know your dad had his, had his good points and he had his bad points too? And we submit under that. We got to be Timothys, but I believe we eventually got to be Pauls. And I also believe that we should always stay Timothys and we should always stay Pauls. And we got to be something like in between. We got to be like a Palmathy. Come on, somebody. You should always, always be a Paul to your Timothys, but never stop being a Timothy to your Pauls. We got to be both. And what was Paul's message to Timothy? He told him three things. The first thing he told him was remember. He said, remember. He said, I remind you. Why does somebody need to be reminded? Because they forget. And he's telling Timothy, remember Timothy. It's like the Lion King. Remember the Lion King? 
Simba. You're more than what you have become, Simba. Remember Simba was all backslidden? All with his worldly friends. They're out there hanging out, eating psychedelic worms. Akuna Matata. Woo. All unshaven, all backslidden with, with Timon and Pumbaa right there, all worldly. And then all of a sudden, the father steps in just the way the father stepped into our lives. And he said, you're more than what you have become. I didn't call you for this. I didn't create you for this. I got great and mighty things in store for you. And this is what Paul was doing to Timothy. And these are the kind of people that we need in our lives. And my brother, these are the types of people we need to be in somebody's life. This is what we need to pray for. We need to pray that steps into our life. And we need to pray that we could be that in somebody's life. This is what's going to make us grow. This is what's going to make us successful. This is what's going to help us take the world for the honor and glory of Jesus Christ. See, people are looking for church. Come on, where are my treasures at? Where, where are the treasures at? How many know when you were ripping and running, someone say, hey, bro, come to my church. You're like, oh, yeah, okay. Right? I'll be there. It's like we weren't looking for church, and some of us weren't mean people, hard-hearted, but we just didn't have that. And some people already had experienced it, checked it off the list, like, that's for me, because that's all it was, was church. Listen, we're not here to promote church. Listen, don't trade in your Christianity for churchianity. And all you got to offer is church, church, come to church, come to church. People don't want church. But they'll come to church if you give them Christ. And when they feel that love and they feel that anointing and they feel that Paul concerned and you're, you're bringing the word and you're bringing direction and you're bringing insight and you're bringing love and mercy and joy. People want that. People want that. He told Timothy, remember. Huh? Remember. Because why, why do we need to remember? Because sometimes we, we get off. You ever rode in a car that the alignment was off? And you, some of you are like, no, what is that? I... <laughs> if you ever drove in a car where the alignment's off, that means like it starts pulling to the side like that. And you're like, and you better be careful. You mess around, turn the radio up, end up in the bush. <laughs> oh, I like this song. <laughs> Branch break through the glass. Ah! Why? Because you weren't paying attention to that pool. And let me tell you something, my brother, my sister, we have that, in, we have that inner alignment off. Amen. We got the flesh that just keeps pulling. So don't get comfortable. Don't get comfortable. Don't put, your, don't put your sword down. Don't put your sword down. You better sleep with that sword. Stay with that armor on. Stay, stay enlisted. Stay sharp. Stay ready. Stay in the game. Remember who you are. Remember you got an enemy. Remember we've been called by God. Remember we got an assignment. We got to take Hayward for Jesus. We got to take the East Bay for Jesus. We got to take Northern California for Jesus. We got to take the world for Jesus. We got to send out churches. We're going to take the San Gabriel Valley for the honor and glory of Jesus Christ. Better keep your sword on. So Paul was telling Timothy, remember, because that alignment pulls. We got the flesh. We got the world pulling at us. We got the devil pulling at us. That's why be careful, scrollers. They see me scrolling. 
They like him. They see me scrolling. Me and Stevan wrote that earlier. <laughs> they like him. He's got the second verse. I don't remember. <laughs> Better be careful. We scroll, scroll and tell him. Oh, man, look at that. I'm sure. Are those Coronas? I'm sure they shouldn't be doing that one. Come clean, dirty. Come on, come clean, dirty. Say, remember who you are. Listen, we're not living the way we're living because we're strict. We're not living the way we're living because we're a cult. We're living the way we're living because we got a world to reach for the honor and glory of Jesus Christ. Some people don't understand it. Some people can't figure it out. But God has called us to be different. God has called us to be separated. God has called us to be the answer. We're the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. Ah. We are Victory Outreach. We are God's anointed now generation. We are the Victory Homes. We are the mighty men and women of God. He said, remember, John 14, 26. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Did you know we need the Holy Spirit to remind us? John 14, 26, write it down. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So as he remind me. That's why we got to be committed to church. That's why, listen, we don't come to church. There's people that should have been here tonight, but they're not here tonight. Because they said, no, you know what, I'm not going to go tonight. <laughs> I better rest. Yeah, we got we got we got to come to church. We got to come to church and say tell me again, pastor. Preach that again, pastor. Remind me again, Holy Ghost. Touch me again, Jesus. I need to hear it again. Listen. Because we're like those instruments that we need to we need to be tuned, we need to get tuned up. We need to hear that. We need to come to church and hear it again. Hear that true note. Being we're like that instrument. We start to we hear a ding and then we start to adjust. We start to tune. You hear it again. Oh man. So I don't miss. It's important. Remember, amen. Well, I got I don't got time to get into everything right here. I know. Hallelujah. Remember what God did in your life at the altar. Remember the promises he gave you as you read that word. I got things written in my word with dates right there. I just read one the other day. It was a date, and I wrote, I hear you, Lord. Because <laughs> I know he gave that to me, man, at a really important time. Amen? At a really important time. Remember the words that he gives. Remember the prophecy that's been spoken over your life. You say, but I haven't got a prophecy. I haven't got a promise. Yes, you have. It's Isaiah 45, 2 and 3. It's Isaiah 54, 2 and 3. Those are our promises, man. And you get under those promises until your personal promise comes. He told them to remember, and he also told them to rekindle. He said, remember, and then he said, rekindle. Fan into flame, he told them. Rekindle that fire. Stir it up. 
fan that into flame because it's not always that we forget. Sometimes it's we stop doing the work. You know, I, like, I have a fire pit in my backyard and I like to go out there at night with my coffee. And friends come over, I light a little fire. Sometimes I burn some trash, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Throw the pizza boxes. And I remember one time when I first built it, I just had some extra bricks, and I built this little thing. It came out pretty nice, and then I was trying to get the fire going, and it kept dying out, and I was putting wood, and it wasn't working. And one of the guys said, no, man, you're just going to choke it like that, putting all that wood. All you got to do is just fan it. And then he got a piece of cardboard, and he started to fan it like this, but he was like, like super fast. I don't know how he did it. It's on the wrist. I was like, oh, man, you know? And as he started to fan that thing, and he, he, next thing I know, he's fanning it. All of a sudden, I saw those little, like, cheese spots come out, psh, like little sparks, right? Cheese spots, that's an old school word, huh? All of a sudden, the little cheese spots, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it started to glow cherry red. And all of a sudden, the fire just shot up again. Stronger than it was the first time. After a little bit of fanning, a little bit of effort, a little bit of work. Listen, some of us, the fire went down. And listen, don't, don't you dare complain that it's cold if you're not fanning the flame. Some of us out there complain, well, I don't know. It's not the same. I'm not feeling it. I don't know what's happening. Maybe, maybe you need to start fanning. I don't know, man. Some of us, the fire went down a long time ago, and we just settled for smoke. Man, can I make a confession? I'm not a perfect person but at all. The, those that know me best can tell you the most, you know. But I tell you what, man, I'm somebody that's just tried my best, man, to not settle for the, the smoke. I want the fire of God in my life. Man, I want his Holy Spirit burning in my heart. Or else, what is it all about? We need the fire of God in our hearts. We need the fire of God on our lives. Our altars cannot go dead. We got to keep it burning. How do you know that your fire has gone out? Because you get cold to the things of God. Cold to the messages. Nothing moves you no more. Nothing touches you no more. Everybody's worship and broken. You're just right there. Patty caking the king. My brothers, my sisters. Listen, if you're in the home today, who's in the home right now? Anybody in the home? Look at Woo. Let me tell you something. A bad day can turn into a bad week. And a bad week can turn into a bad month. And a bad month could get you out the door. You better be careful. We don't got time. You feel like you, you feel that coldness come in. You feel the fire leaving. You got to do something. How do you fast? You got to fast. You got to fast. Call a fast. Drastic times call for drastic measures. Huh? Fast. Memorize scripture. Anybody memorizing scripture? I don't know. I feel like... Better buy you some flashcards. You're over there buying big old double goats, wasting your money. You go to 99 and buy some flashcards. Start writing scriptures, memorizing, testing. The word you memorize is the word you utilize. 
Get that word in you, man. Start fanning the flame of God in your life. Don't settle for smoke. How do you know that your fire has gone out? Because you get cold to the things of God. How do you know your fire has gone out? Because there's no direction. Man, fire brings light. When the fire is burning, man, you got direction. You're moving. The but when the fire goes out, then we're like, what? In the dark. You said it. In the dark. When you ever find yourself in a place like that where there's uncertainty now and there's doubt and you better start fanning that flame. Huh? How do you know your fire's gone out? Because you start to isolate yourself. See, because people gather around the fire. People like the fire. Fire's comforting. It's warming. It's togetherness. When there's no fire, we start to isolate. We don't call back. We don't text. We distance ourselves. We leave right when the service is over. Talk to me, somebody. Be careful. Those are all warning signs, amen? He told them, rekindle, because fire is fuel. It pushes us and it motivates us. Fire is comforting and warming and it satisfies us. And fire is a source of light and it brings clarity to our steps. The danger is when we don't have God's fire in our life, there's, a, there's always the possibility of looking elsewhere. That's why the enemy wants your fire to go out. He wants you to be fireless. Because after a while, you'll just start looking around for something else. That's why we got to keep the altar burning. We got to keep it fresh. Just like a marriage. Just like a marriage. You better keep that fire burning. You better keep it fresh. Because when that fire starts to die, we start to look for somewhere else. Take care of your man, sister. I'm just kidding. Amen. Let's move on. Let's move on. Number three. He told them, remember, he told them, rekindle, and he told them, responsible. He said, you are responsible. He said, it is in you, that gift which is in you. It's already in us. Huh? It's already in you. Like Ice Cube said, I could give it to you, but what you going to do with it? Huh? <laughs> I feel like that's, we got too many Christians like that. God gave it to us, but what, 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 what? <laughs> like, what? We got this, man. We got this. We got the Holy Spirit. We got the vision of victory outreach. We're moving in the same anointing of Pastor Sonny Argonzoni. We are moving in that worldwide city, taking, world-shaking, history-making anointing. We got that. But what are we doing with it? In 2 Corinthians 4, 6, it says, for it is... The God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Verse 7, but we have this treasure. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We got this treasure, man. This little light of mine. Huh? This little light of mine. We got this. And it says in earthen vessels. Another earthen vessel is like a clay pot. And a clay pot, you know, it's fragile. It could break. It's temporary. You got to protect it. You got to value it. We got to be responsible for it. We don't want to lose it. See, this is discipleship. What Paul was doing with Timothy. Why? What was his reason? Because he wanted Timothy to make it. In Philippians 2.12, it says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, 
Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his purpose. And my brother, you could come to the, to the keyboard. He says to work out your salvation. Work out your salvation. There's a responsibility on our parts. I know sometimes we think, okay, well, God, he called me. God, yeah, I'm just waiting for God just to change me. I'm just waiting for God just to transport me into my destiny, to transport me into greatness. I mean, no, it don't work like that. I heard someone say, destiny is not something to be waited for. It's something to be achieved. It's not something to be waited for. something to be achieved. It's a mission that we're pursuing. Huh? I'm so grateful for where God has me right now. I'm very grateful, but I also know that I was taught a lot of these things I'm, I'm giving you tonight. I was taught throughout the years in Victory Outreach. And each nugget, each principle, each value was a spike that got me up the mountain, man. It's been a conquest. There's times that I slipped and had to start up again. There's times I couldn't climb no more. It's, how to weather the storms. There's mountaintops and there's valleys. We're going to grow in this thing. Man, we got work to do. Beloved, it's more than just, you know, doing good, making your family happy, not going back to drugs. Like, that's all important stuff, you know. But God has something powerful for us. We got to discover that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you with this um, with the verse I don't know if I have it right here but no, I might not have it but it's in uh, I think it's in 1 Timothy 4 18 maybe and it's where the Apostle Paul he's telling Timothy again he's speaking to Timothy and he says man Timothy man and he was telling him there's a phrase that he used right there he says Timothy you know you know, I'm speaking to you in accordance with the prophecies that have been spoken over your life. And he goes, man, that you would wage that good warfare with faith and a good conscience. That you would not become shipwrecked in your faith. Shipwrecked. You know, I have these pictures, man, of shipwrecks. And, you know, the more I, I was looking at this picture, because I, I, that just stood out to me. I started researching it and stuff. And I, you know, a shipwreck is a sad thing, man. And I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it. I, I, oh, I started wanting to cry looking at this picture. Because how many people from our cities and our neighborhoods, they're those ships that were intended to be out on the ocean with the breeze and the wind and the Holy Ghost sail up. going through the ocean but because of storms, problems self-inflicted things now they're there they are dashed up on the rocks rusted broken not being what they were created to be and Paul was telling Timothy man these guys shipwrecked their faith but I believe that in the ministry of victory outreach God is raising up some tugboats huh some tugboats that are going to go out there and look for those shipwrecks. Say, come on, man, it's not over. Come on, man, let's take you to the home. Come on, man, let, let us take you to Victory Outreach. 
I, I know you got some holes. I know there's some rust. I, I know I know there's a little bit of work, but there's nothing too hard for God. You're not too far gone where God can't reach you, where God can't save you, where God can't restore you. God is into restoration. That's why we got to get the victory in this place. We got to get the victory in this place. Let God do what he needs to do in your life. Because your victory will become their victory. And as they see you going down the ocean, man, sail up, wind out, going down and say, wow, look at that ship used to be shipwrecked, but look at it now. That's what it's all about. Bow your heads and close your eyes. In just a moment, my brother is going to start to lead us in a song. God is big enough to be small enough. He's big enough to be small enough. And even through one message, he can speak to so many of us in so many different ways. But the key is responding. But not just an automatic response, a genuine response to God. The altar is a beautiful thing. The altar is a beautiful thing that we have. And as my brother leads us in song tonight, if you need to respond to what God is speaking to you, come. Step out of your seat and come. Set a fire down in my soul. Here I am.